Vox Quick Hits. On December 7th, 1995, a 36-year-old named Michael James and a 27-year-old named Jackie Burden were walking down the street in their neighborhood in Fayetteville, North Carolina, when they ran into three soldiers. The soldiers, who were all members of the 82nd Airborne Division stationed nearby at Fort Bragg, opened fire on James and Burden. They executed them solely because they were black. Prosecutors in the case said two of the soldiers, both in their early 20s, were neo-Nazi skinheads who had been drinking and decided to drive around town and look for some black people to murder at random. The case was so shocking, it led the U.S. Army to conduct a worldwide investigation into racism in its ranks. They found that of 7,600 soldiers interviewed, fewer than 100 belonged to white supremacist groups, but something like 3.5% of soldiers had been asked to join an extremist group since joining the army. 22 soldiers in the 82nd Airborne Division alone, an elite group, had links to skinhead groups. All this is to say that far-right extremism in the military is nothing new. So maybe an NPR study that found that one in five of the insurrectionists at the Capitol three weeks ago today were active duty or retired military should come as no surprise. Nor should it surprise us that there have been renewed calls to investigate and root out extremism in the United States Armed Forces. The question is, will it work this time? To find out, we got in touch with Senator Tammy Duckworth, who's been leading the charge and is a veteran herself who once received the Purple Heart. Senator Duckworth, why did you want to be out in front of this issue right now? I was really deeply troubled by the reports that service members and military retirees possibly engaged in the January 6th insurrection against the authority of our nation. Um, and attempted to prevent and hinder and, and delay the execution of my constitutional duty, which was the electoral count. Um, and as we have more days away from that January 6th date, we're seeing more and more evidence mm-hmm. of military men and women both actively serving as well as those who are retired who did participate. So that's why I went to the investigation, because I, if the criminal investigators determine that these reports are true, then I think the DOD must take action immediately to hold these individuals accountable accountable under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, but also that we need to root out extremists that infiltrate the military and threaten our national security. Can you tell me how the military has dealt with this really old problem in the past? Well, you know, they, they've dealt with it in the past, but it wasn't consistent, right? It wasn't, there wasn't carry through throughout uh, since that time, which is why you're seeing it happening again now. Um, and you're also seeing what's happening now, which I don't think the military has dealt with very well, is how young troops consume media at this point. With the rise of social media, you have young troops who are consuming media in a way that it is very pointed and one-sided, that they're getting their news and what they believe is news from websites like Parler and, and you know, these site of places. So they're not getting unbiased, accurate news. And the military, I don't think, has done a very good job of you know, working on that particular issue. Um, So yes, they've been successful dealing with this in the past, but I just don't think there's been consistency over time. And we have a real problem now. And I want to know how big a problem we have and we need to fix it. So how do you think the military should go about rooting out this particular brand of extremism and and white supremacy and and the sort of allegiance to alt-right media, even whatever it might be in 2021? Well, I think what needs to happen is really, it's, this is basic troop leadership. This is basically at the unit level um, and leaders 
that soldiers look up to, their squad leaders, their platoon sergeants, their lieutenants, their company commanders, speaking with them, getting the training that's needed um, on what it means to have a true allegiance to the United States, what your oath of office truly means, what uh, adhering to white supremacy, um, uh, how that counters your oath of office and how that endangers your unit going forward. This can't be something that just comes out of the Pentagon. You know, a four-star general says, okay, do this. And then, um, you know, everybody's like, oh, great. Now we now we have to comply with this, but we don't really believe it. This has to be carried out at the individual small unit leadership level in order to reverse the, the trend. How do you go about rooting out something as intangible as extremist thought, extremist belief? I mean, what can you do other than ask Simonic's questions like, are you a white supremacist? And then, you know, hope you get an honest answer. Well, I also think it's beyond what people come into the service with. I think, you know, we train we train people to fly helicopters and repair tanks, right? But we don't teach them how to be, you know, good civic citizens. And, and I think that's part of what needs to be taught. We, we, we need to teach them how to consume media as well. And so you, we haven't fielded a team against what the white supremacists are doing to try to recruit these young people in the military. We've not put up an opposing message to their message. And that's part of what needs to be done is the Pentagon needs to go in there and we need to provide that opposing message. And it has to come from the immediate leaders that these troops truly um, you know, trust and, and believe in and, and, and value. So it's the squad leader or the platoon sergeant is going to say, you know what, that's, that's wrong. You know, what, that, what that's saying um, is wrong and it makes our force weaker and it's, hard, and it's bad for good order and discipline. And you're not going to do that. Okay, so we're sort of talking theoretically down the road, but what consequences do you think there should be for active military who were taking part in the insurrection at the Capitol? Well, there are real consequences under the Uniform Code of Military Justice, and I believe that anybody um, uh, that falls under the UCMJ jurisdiction should be um, uh, brought forward and, and dealt with under the UCMJ. And by the way, recently retired military officers can be recalled back to face a trial under the UCMJ should they have participated in the insurrection. So that is the first step is to determine uh, who was there and then to bring all of those who participated um, and bring them back to face a trial and punishment under the UCMJ itself. And that will send a very strong message to the troops. Yeah. It sounds like you are of the mind that there wasn't enough being done beforehand or there wasn't effective enough strategies being put in place to prevent something like like this from happening. And unfortunately, it took an attack on the federal government, on American soil, at the Capitol, for everyone to really take notice. Would you agree? Yeah, I think I think we took our eyes off the ball. But I think some of this, we've also seen some of the trend lines. If you look at the special forces community, for example, um, you know, you, you, you've seen uh, uh, President Trump uh, pardon Eddie Gallagher and, and, you know, these war criminals and, and really... Um, uh, you know, validated really bad behavior. And we've had problems within the special forces community, partially because of the tempo, the operational tempo that they've been under for 19 years. We need to bring good order and discipline back. They've been drifting away from that and we need to bring them back. And, and similarly under um, the rest of the DOD, you know, with the op tempo that they've been under, the military just hasn't had time to focus on that because they've been focused on fighting terrorism and, and the folks who would harm us. Now we need to bring, you know, the, the focus back to this issue. And unfortunately, it took January 6th to make it very clear um, that we have a real problem on our hands. I'm glad you brought up the presidential pardons. I wanted to ask about that. I mean, in a, in, a, in a way, it felt like 
confirmation of a feeling that people in this country can have that the military is a third rail, it's beyond reproach, you're not allowed to criticize service members for what they've done abroad, or in this case, maybe even at home. Do you think, as the memory of the Capitol insurrection fades, there will be an actual appetite for introspection and potentially even prosecution of service members and even retired service members if needed? I think there will be. And I think that um, servicemen and women the, the you know, are um, the ones who truly care about the security of this country will want it as well. I will tell you that, for example, when I was in Iraq uh, in 2003-2004 and Abu Ghraib happened and all of the and that abuse happened, the other soldiers and myself and my unit were furious because those troops who conducted those war crimes put the rest of us in danger with the enemy because they acted uh, not in accordance with the Geneva Convention, which sent the message to our enemies that, hey, should you capture an American, you can do the same. And this is what's happening. Bad behavior among our troops now sends a message to our um, adversaries around the world that they can similarly act in that way. And so good troops who truly care about the Constitution and their oaths of office will want these people to be brought forward and to face justice because this is a rot from within the military that we cannot allow to spread. And do you think that's a message that will, you know, find sympathy on both sides of the aisle? I think so. I think so. And, you know, I have I have colleagues that I work with on the other side of the aisle who are themselves veterans. Um, and, and I think they feel the same way. I think they were as shocked as I was to see, you know, retired lieutenant colonels um, carrying uh, uh, zip ties uh, looking for senators and, and congressmen and members of Congress. Yeah. But you also have colleagues who went right back to work that day and continued to perpetuate lies. Yeah, and we're calling them out on it. That was an excerpt of Today Explained. To hear the whole enchilada and others like it, check out Today Explained wherever you check out your podcasts. 